Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Before we get started with today's show, I want to tell you guys about betonline.ag. BetOnline Sportsbook has you covered all throughout July with all the odds, props, promos, and parlays for baseball, WNBA, MMA, boxing, and more. Use our promo code BLEAV, that's B-L-E-A-V, to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the link in the description to this episode. BetOnline, where the game starts. Episode 5, The Dodger Empire Strikes Back. After five days of battles, a perfect 13 innings from the bullpen fleet, and help from a rally goose, Captain Juan Soto and the San Diego Resistance blew up the Holy Dodger Empire's 111-win Death Star, restoring a balance to the force. After their incredible victory, the Resistance discovers they still have much to learn after a journey to the Dagobah system and a visit to Master Harper on the swamp planet known as Philadelphia. Meanwhile, the Holy Dodger Empire grows in wealth, pillaging the backs of Diamond and Purple Rockies once more for resources. The Empire has removed Captains Trey and Justin Turner while banishing Cody Bellinger to the north side. Master Cohen and his Met Army of Queens continue spending their unprecedented resources in an attempt to maintain control of their empire state along the eastern seaboard. In addition, Master Cohen and his Met Army of Queens, along with the Holy Dodger Empire, prepare themselves for the impending arrival of Master Otani, the fabled Jedi Knight from Anaheim who legend says has the ability to master and control both sides of the Force. Despite their successes, the Resistance is losing resources and ground, trying to compete with the tyranny of the Holy Dodger Empire. They've fled to the backs of Diamond in order to re-coordinate their efforts for the following season. In their time of need, Captain Juan Soto enlists help from a former Resistance ally, Fernando Calrissian, also known as El Nino. The Resistance also pays a hefty price for Xander Bogart's defection from the once great Boston Empire. With the help of Captain Soto, the return of El Nino, Xander the Carpenter, Joe Musgrove, Jedi Master Manny Machado, and Supreme Closer Lord Hader, the Resistance knows this season will be their best chance to dismantle the Holy Dodger Empire once and for all. All right, everybody. However and whenever it is you may be listening, thank you for stopping in to another fantabulous episode of Wired Up, our first Wired Up episode in quite a few weeks here on the Take It Easy podcast. It's Wired Up episode 142 in our podcast history. 
Thank you for stopping in, however and whenever you may be listening. For those who are new to the program or those who are old and maybe need a little bit of a refresher because we haven't done one of these in a while, Wired Up is an acronym. Wired stands for Week in Review plus Extra Discussion. W-I-R-E-D, Wired Up. So we're Wired Up for a Week in Review slash Extra Discussion podcast. Originally, Wired Up began as a concept back in 2020 in the first full year of this podcast. We're now into year five of the podcast, but back in our first full year of the podcast before the pandemic, Wired Up began as a way for us to talk about the week that was along with having a place to talk about college football in the middle of football season because we were doing these Monday through Wednesday podcasts and Monday would always be NFL and NFL Monday became a regular of the show, our most popular segment. And after we did all of these NFL Mondays, we didn't have a place to talk about college football on Tuesday or Wednesday. We, the news cycle had kind of moved past the college football week. So whenever there was a big time college football game or a big time college football moment, we had these wired up podcasts to be here for us on Sundays. It was a different brand of the show that we were doing, but we still had Wired Ups on the same podcast feed. And Wired Up has kind of evolved and changed over the years, but ultimately it comes down to, hey, there's something that's breaking we want to talk about on a Sunday. That's what Wired Up's all about. And today on this fantabulous July 30th, 2023, we have a Wired Up breaking news story that requires us to travel to a galaxy far, far away, as we just have here on this show, a galaxy far, far away known as Major League Baseball, because Major League Baseball's trade deadline is fast approaching. One of the most exciting times of the year for anyone who loves the transaction is the trade deadline. NFL has a uh, lesser of impact trade deadline. The NBA has the biggest of the trade deadlines in terms of the names that often get moved, and right up there with them is the MLB trade deadline because you never know which player who's going to get traded at the trade deadline will end up making a giant impact on the team that ultimately ends up winning the championship or making a deep playoff run. One year it was Manny Pina for the Milwaukee Brewers, who was an unsung hero, traded at the trade deadline. Steve Pierce won World Series MVP for the the uh, Steve Pierce won World Series MVP for the Boston Red Sox in 2018. He was a trade deadline acquisition. Eddie Rosario won a- a- NLCS MVP for the Atlanta Braves when they won the championship in 2021. Trade deadline acquisition. The Atlanta Braves rebuilt half of their offense at the trading deadline in 2021 and went on to win the championship. So the trade deadline in MLB has the greatest impact on the outcome of the championship in a sport that very often is regarded as very, very random. Baseball had nine different champions in nine different years prior to the Houston Astros winning the championship last year. Major League Baseball has singular players having an impact on the game lesser than in other sports and so therefore any single player can have a more dramatic impact on the outcome of a game look at for example Trent Grisham for the San Diego Padres and the resistance hitting a home run off of 
Jacob DeGrom and Max Scherzer in back-to-back playoff games last year, despite the fact he hit like six home runs the entire season and had the lowest batting average of any player who had at least 600 at-bats in a season in MLB history. Random stuff happens more frequently in baseball, and therefore the single transaction has the potential of having a more major impact, along with the fact that in Major League Baseball, you rarely ever have to trade players that are currently on your roster. Because unlike the NFL and unlike the NBA, the MLB has a much more robust farm system and prospect development system that requires multiple teams in multiple cities and years of development before a player reaches the majors. And so baseball can add players in the present that have almost no impact on the sports or on the team's current roster. You can just add a player like, for example, Max Scherzer to your team at the trade deadline without giving up any player who is currently on the active roster. And that makes a much more significant impact than when you have to acquire Kevin Durant but trade Michael Bridges and Cam Johnson from your current team. All of that to say, Major League Baseball trade deadline, it matters a lot. The sport is random. It leads us to what we want to talk about in the Star Wars universe today, which is Mad Max Scherzer, one of the heroes of our first Star Wars movie. The hero who defected from the Holy Dodger Empire and joined Master Cohen's Met Army of Queens to try and defend the eastern seaboard from the evil Dodger Empire that was trying to spread their reign of terror across the galaxy. Mad Max was one of the heroes of our first Star Wars movie last year, where he was fighting against the tyranny of the Holy Dodger Empire, and he got traded from the New York Mets to the Texas Rangers in a deal that's going to send Ronald Acuna Jr.'s brother and potentially as much as $45 million to the Texas Rangers to acquire Mad Max Scherzer. And this is super, super fun and interesting because this is not like really any trade deadline trade I can think of in recent memory. The first of which is the New York Mets are taking on potentially $45 million of Max Scherzer's contract and they might actually be getting a good deal out of it. Like they probably, based on Max Scherzer's production, Max Scherzer's age, Max Scherzer's contract, which for those who don't know, that uh, Max Scherzer is 39 years old. He has a 4.01 ERA this year. He has a, a wins above replacement sitting around 1.5, which makes him about a not well. First of all, not even the best starting pitcher on the Texas Rangers. Nathan Evaldi's the best starting pitcher on the Texas Rangers. He's probably not even the second best starting pitcher on the Texas Rangers this season when you think about John Gray and Dane Dunning and their production output. Max Scherzer, he's going to start a game one or a game two in the playoffs for Texas because of his Hall of Fame resume and the fact that a year ago he was a Cy Young caliber pitcher. But Max Scherzer is by statistics this year not even the second best pitcher on the Texas Rangers he's 39 years old he is making 
for the rest of this season about $18 million and then makes $43 million next year. And that adds up to about $61 million. $22.5 million of that is going to be paid for by Texas. The rest is going to be paid by the New York Mets. Max Scherzer has an opt-out in his contract at the end of the year, so he might not even end up staying with the Mets, although the idea of him turning down $43 million at 40 years old to play for the Texas Rangers seems a little crazy, considering I don't think any team is going to sign him to a multi-year extension at this stage of his career, especially since he is pitching like a number three or number four starter on a playoff team this year. So I assume Scherzer will accept that option. That's kind of the precedent that the Mets and Rangers were betting on. And because he wouldn't accept the option right now, the Mets ended up paying the extra potentially as much as 38 to $45 million to the Texas Rangers when he accepts the option. They'll get the money, and basically next year is going to be essentially covered by the New York Mets in exchange for Texas covering the remainder of this year's Max Scherzer contract. And in exchange for all of that, it was a long winding way to get there, but in exchange for all of that that they are getting for Max Scherzer, the age, the contract. Texas is only paying $22.5 million over the next two seasons of the contract. In exchange for all of that, the New York Mets get one of the best prospects in all of baseball. And they get nothing else in the deal. All the deal comes down to is a one-for-one swap. Luis Angel Acuna, the brother of... National League MVP Ronald Acuna going to the New York Mets and he's also almost at the major league level so he might play for the Mets this season. Luis Angel Acuna, one of the legitimately best prospects in baseball, is going to the New York Mets in exchange for the year and a half likely of Max Scherzer. And the reason this is so complex and so unique is that the New York Mets, for those who don't know, the New York Mets owner is Steve Cohen, and Steve Cohen is willing to spend exorbitant amounts of money, so much so they had to create an extra tax threshold to keep Steve Cohen from spending more money. And his badass motherfucking response was naming the fourth luxury tax threshold, the Cohen tax, is better than having a bridge named after you, which is baller as hell for multi-multi-billionaire Steve Cohen who wants to pour money into the New York Mets despite the fact the New York Mets have won a single playoff game during the four years of Steve Cohen's ownership. And Steve Cohen is selling short-term pieces now so that they can reboot into the future and potentially start buying and trying to compete next year with the New York Mets and their gigantic, gigantic payroll that's now going to be paying Max Scherzer $40 million to not play for their team. But here's the thing about having exorbitant amounts of money like the New York Mets do. They're the team that can afford to pay $40 million in exchange for potentially your center fielder of the future or potentially your shortstop of the future because Luis Angel Acuna is a shortstop, but they have... um, They have uh, Francisco Lindor as their shortstop for the next 10 years. They have Jeff McNeil playing second base for their team. Maybe Luis Angel ends up playing third base. Maybe he ends up moving to the outfield once he comes up. But in exchange for potentially your young center fielder of the future or your young third baseman of the future, 
the New York Mets are paying $40 million. And that's kind of interesting to think about, that the Mets are the franchise that can say, we will pay $40 million for a top prospect. We will eat the money. We will eat the money assuming that Scherzer's going to opt into a contract next season. We are willing to get to absorb the salary in exchange for getting a top prospect. And that was the move that they made, and it's why I'm struggling to think of a deadline trade that is as unique as this one, where Texas, who's a little bit ahead of schedule, granted most of Texas's rebuild didn't go the way that they anticipated, they missed on some draft picks, some top prospects turned into hits, They were no better or worse, I'd argue, than any other team in baseball where they drafted Josh Young in the top 10 of the draft. He's turned into a rookie of the year in his first season. They signed Adolis Garcia as an international player. He's been a two-time All-Star as part of their rebuild. They got Dane Dunning as part of their rebuild, trading Lance Lynn. He's been a pretty good starter. I would argue that like Texas's rebuild from 2016, which was the last time the Texas Rangers made the playoffs, to now, 2023, seven years later, where they're about to win the division for the first time since 2016. In the seven years since Texas has been to the playoffs, I would argue they've hit on some players, missed on some players, but done no better and no worse than any other team in baseball in terms of a rebuild. And because they weren't remarkable in their prospect development and drafting during the years that they sucked, Texas decided to go out and just drop big money all over the place. They said, we are tired of playing the small market, develop a farm system, rebuild internally, Fuck that shit. We're going to drop big baller money and basically buy ourselves a playoff team. And they bought themselves a playoff team by signing Corey Seager to $300 million, signing Marcus Semien to $200 million, paying half a billy, half a billion dollars for their middle infield of the future, dropping a whole bunch of money on Nathan Evaldi as a free agent to be their number one ace starting pitcher, and then paying God knows how much money to uh, to get Hall of Fame manager Bruce Bochy out of retirement because, I mean, God, how much money did they have to pay Bruce Bochy to get him to come out of retirement, the three-time Hall of Fame manager, where every team in baseball wanted to hire Bruce Bochy. Every team in baseball who's hiring the Buck Showalters and the Bob Melvins and the Tony LaRussas and, just re- and Dusty Bakers and retreading the old-timey managers of baseball, so many people would have wanted to sign Bruce Bochy. Texas was the team that gave him enough of a bag to come out of retirement. They paid half a billion dollars for their middle infield, both of which made an all-star team this year, paid $100 million for Nathan Evaldi, paid $180 million for Jacob DeGrom for him to come be their number one starting pitcher. DeGrom got hurt, and I cannot emphasize enough how fucking hilarious it is that the Texas Rangers, who, who big money baseball stole Jacob DeGrom, from the New York Mets. The New York Mets are willing to offer DeGrom three years, 120. Texas walked in and dropped an extra two years, 60 million on the table for Jacob DeGrom. Even though nobody was going to pay Jacob DeGrom a fourth year on his contract, they gave him five. They gave Jacob DeGrom an offer he literally could not refuse, even though he was a 34-year-old flamethrowing pitcher with arm problems. 
They dropped the bag on a Hall of Famer, Jacob deGrom. They dropped the bag on a future Hall of Famer, Bruce Bochy, as manager. They dropped the bag on an all-star middle infield of Corey Seager and Marcus Semien. They've dropped close to a billion freaking dollars to essentially buy themselves a playoff team. And by the way, that's something you can do in baseball because baseball is a sport of haves and have-nots more than pretty much any other sport in baseball. And I cannot stop laughing at how funny it is that the Texas Rangers, who stole Jacob deGrom from the Mets with an offer he could not refuse, they then turned around, went to the New York Mets, and got a discount on the Mets' other starting pitcher, from the last three years. Because remember, the New York Mets had Mad Max and Jacob deGrom last year in the same rotation. Texas saw what they did and said, how can we do that but even better? Because we also now have $100 million of Nathan Evaldi, who's an all-star starting pitcher this year, and we got Dane Dunning, one of the best young starting pitchers in all of Major League Baseball. So how can we drop the bag on Jacob deGrom, and how can we drop the bag on Max Scherzer? And they didn't even have to drop the bag on Max Scherzer. They got the Mets to pay a good chunk of the contract because Scherzer's not even the caliber of pitcher he was one season ago or two seasons ago before the injuries with the Dodgers. And Texas's big baller money out here saying... Hey, one of these top prospects that has developed into a really good player, uh, Luis Angel Acuna, we'll trade that in for Max Scherzer, a pitcher who we don't know if he's going to be our number two come playoff time. But we're still going to drop the, we're still going to trade for Max Scherzer. The Mets are going to pay for most of the contract, and we're going to give up our top prospect in order to make that happen. It's such a unique trade because it was a one-for-one swap with two names that don't seem like they would be traditional one-for-one swaps. Max Scherzer, Hall of Fame starting pitcher, Luis Angel Acuna, a top prospect in all of baseball. Meanwhile, the Mets are going to pay most of the contract. It's just, it's such a unique trade, and it's hilarious that Big baller Steve Cohen, whose team has been a disappointment this year beyond his expectations and wants to sell now so that he can start buying again in the in the winter, like sell a bunch of players now so that he has the prospect capital to then go get more star players in the fall, maybe with big time trades, maybe with free agent signings, whatever they end up doing, they're going to try again to build a winner by trading away all these old dudes who are still on their rotation. The Mets, who are sellers, lost Jacob deGrom, lost Max Scherzer, and now both of those pitchers are going to Texas. And Texas is basically saying, what if we did what the New York Mets did and just went big baller dropping money on everybody? What if we did that, but just did it better than everyone else? Like, what if we do it with Adolis Garcia, a two-time All-Star who's on a cheap contract? What if we do it with Josh Young, a former top 10 pick who's now a Rookie of the Year, and by the way, is only going to make a million dollars total over the next three seasons? They are just dropping big baller moves to try and build a team that's good enough to compete with the Houston Astros. And in baseball, you can just buy yourself into the big money baseball game. Texas is doing it with a billion dollars in future contract commitments. They got an all-star shortstop, an all-star second baseman, an all-star pitcher, and now have the wherewithal to then trade for another all-star pitcher 
former All-Star and Max Scherzer. They have the wherewithal to trade for a, for an All-Star with the Mets assuming a whole bunch of the money in exchange for giving up their top prospect. It's a really unique trade, and Max Scherzer going to the Texas Rangers is a really unique circumstance. And now we'll get to see what the Texas Rangers can do to try and knock the Houston Astros off their pedestal. The Houston Astros, who I guess they are kind of like the clone army in the Star Wars universe. Like the Houston Astros are just like a machine built to win during the Star Wars universe. I don't know exactly how they fit into it. I don't know where the Texas Rangers fit into the Star Wars universe because most of our Star Wars duels are between the Holy Dodger Empire battling in the West against the San Diego Resistance and Master Master Cohen and the Met Army of Queens kind of existing over on the side. But now we don't have the Met Army of Queens anymore battling it out. We still haven't worked the Atlanta Braves into the story yet. So we still got to figure out where they fit into this whole winding picture of a Star Wars universe. But the one thing we know for sure, the one thing that we can be certain about is that Mad Max Scherzer, who was going to spend the rest of his career fighting to dismantle the tyranny of the Holy Dodger Empire, is now leaving the National League, leaving Master Cohen and his Met Army of Queens behind, and defecting out to the Lone Star State. How will this affect our Star Wars universe? Time will tell. We're in the middle of the Empire Strikes Back movie portion of our Star Wars journey, and... The Holy Dodger Empire is rebuilding by bringing back Kike Hernandez and Joe Kelly. We'll see how they react. Uh, the San Diego Resistance may be all but doomed at this point. But remember, the Resistance was looking doomed at the end of The Empire Strikes Back. There's still a new hope. There's still a last Jedi. There's still a chance for San Diego and their resistance to take down the Dodgers, just like there's still a chance for Mad Max to continue his long-awaited journey to try and take down the evil forces of the Holy Dodger Empire. We'll see what ends up happening with the rest of the trade deadline. If you tune into Wednesday's episode of the show, you will get the full Take It Easy podcast MLB trade deadline special. And in the meantime, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for stopping in. If you enjoyed what you heard, drop a review, drop a five-star review, and uh, leave your comments on the show. Any and all are greatly appreciated. If you're new to the program, subscribe, follow wherever you're listening. If you want to check out our book, we wrote a book. It's called The Spurs Dynasty, and you can check it out wherever you get books. And if you're a baseball fan, just go back through some old episodes. There's some really fun baseball conversations in our baseball Star Wars universe. If you want to go back and enjoy them, just scroll through the old archives of the podcast, look for something you like, give it a listen, give it a follow, give it a download. All of it is greatly appreciated. Uh, We will talk to you again tomorrow here on the Take It Easy podcast. Monday, Wednesday, Thursday is our typical recording schedule so in the meantime until tomorrow take it easy and thank you for listening to episode 142 of wired up episode four the holy dodger empire continues their reign over the west in previous years the holy dodger empire dismantled the once great royal cardinals establishing a new power within the galaxy. The Holy Dodger Empire defeated the Royal Cardinals, invaded the Mill of Waukee, and vanquished the 107-win Giants. 
In the meantime, the Holy Dodger Empire pillaged both the Purple Rockies and the Backs of Diamond in Arizona. These invasions increased the empire's wealth tenfold. Their resources are unmatched, their power is unquestioned. With the West and the Central firmly in control, the Holy Dodger Empire sets their sights on a new conquest, the Eastern Empire State. If the Holy Dodger Empire defeats Master Cohen and his Met army of queens, there will be nothing left to stop them from conquering the galaxy. To the south, a small resistance forms in San Diego. While outnumbered and outresourced, the resistance fights for their very existence against the tyranny of the Holy Dodger Empire. It's a changing time in the galaxy. The once great Imperial Nationals of Washington have fallen. Years earlier, the Imperial Nationals once defeated the Holy Dodger Empire at the Battle of Strasbourg. Now, they find themselves bankrupt and selling pieces to the highest bidder. In this collapse, the Holy Dodger Empire captured a great captain known as Mad Max, who helped strengthen the Holy Dodger Empire's hold on the galaxy. However, Mad Max has escaped and defected to Master Cohen and the Met Army of Queens. He will spend whatever years he has left fighting to dismantle the tyranny of the Holy Dodger Empire. And now, the legendary Imperial Captain Juan Soto has joined the Resistance after paying his debt to Kara the Hutt. To San Diego, Captain Juan Soto brings with him the Imperial Nationals' mighty Josh Bell. Joining Captain Soto is Lord Hader, the supreme closer of the Mill of Waukee, called to fight by the message of the Resistance and the possibility of bringing balance to the Force. The Resistance has paid a heavy price, yet they have never been closer to defeating the Holy Dodger Empire. Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks, you're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen.